0: You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We're to do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Pog. every day.
1: Touchdown! You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers, Respiration and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Crossover Thursday on the show today, Billy Rossetti joins us from locked on Panthers to give us a glimpse inside a Panthers team playing for pride at this point. And, and with head coach Matt Rule. Uh, I don't think we should rule out them playing hard. They played hard last week against the Broncos in a game that, that didn't really mean much. They're on their way to another rebuilding offseason and trying to build something from the ground up, which is Frankly, what they're doing a pretty good job of right now, uh, given uh, the 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 place that they were starting from, it it was ugly on this roster a year ago, and um, I think they've done a good job in the draft. They did a good job of, in free agency of of buoying some of uh, of the spots that needed a little bit of help, and they are a, a team whose arrow, frankly, is pointed up. Uh, and, and if they were going to be aggressive enough to try drafting a quarterback here in, in this draft, you get Trey Lance, you get Zach Wilson, someone like that in the top 10. All of a sudden in 2022, this could be a team that that really had some potential given the offensive skill talent that they are looking at. That's not where I want to start today, although in, in a way it is because... The Packers are going to have to make some stops in this game. This is a top 10 offense by DVOA. What's funny is I um I went into recording yesterday's show thinking, you know I can wait a day on this linebacker take that I have and and we can talk about it a little bit later and I want to get this Matt Lafleur thing off my chest and the Coach of the Year thing was really bothering me I, w- I was really invested yesterday and and I think you can probably hear it in the show that I was uh, I had some thoughts right and I I was able to get them off my chest and. We we can move forward on that one, but you know I felt good about my decision to wait on that. And then I I opened the paper this morning, and sure enough, Tom Silverstein, you know long long time beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, has a column about the linebackers and. And I was like, come on, come on. Of all the things that I get, the little nuggets that I was picking out of the post lions, snap reports and data and all of the numbers that, that we have to sift through here. That is the thing that Spoon is going to write about. Okay, okay. I just, you know, I, I game recognize game. I guess I only have so many words that I can write in a day. I only have so many words that I can speak in a day. So I have to try and save some of the powder. I got to keep some of the powder dry when I when I have these takes. But uh, I, I appreciate Tom writing that because I, I think it's an important question that we need to ask about this team moving forward. The Green Bay Packers paid. For Christian Kirksey to come in and be the starter at the linebacker position. And I say the linebacker position, which seems weird in a three, four, but this is a team that only plays one linebacker between 70 and 80% of the time, depending on the game. And so the linebacker, is an apt way to describe what this Packers team wants from that inside linebacker, that off ball linebacker position. They play a lot of hybrid defense, a lot of Raven green, you know, last year is Ibrahim Campbell. It was, you know, some of these other guys, they drafted Vernon Scott. Maybe he has some potential to come in and play that hybrid spot. What's interesting is when Christian Kirksey got hurt, Chris Barnes came in and played really well. And even when Christian Kirksey was healthy, Chris Barnes came in and played some impactful snaps for the Green Bay Packers. If we go back even further to training camp, Kamel Martin was the best linebacker in training camp. He was the guy that really popped. He can move, he can blitz. He can play and run support. He can move in pass coverage because of his athletic ability. He's still figuring it out at the NFL level, to be sure. But he's got the physical traits. I think he has the mental traits to get there. He's just still trying to process everything that's going on in an NFL game. And frankly, in my eyes, has not gotten enough opportunities with this team to really show what he's capable of doing. If you look at Pro Football Focus, he is the second highest graded linebacker in this class with at least 100 snaps behind Michael Walker in Atlanta. And, you know, not to gas myself up, Michael Walker was a player who in last year, the pre-draft work that we were doing every time I did a mock draft, Michael Walker was a day three pick for me for the Packers because of his athleticism, because of his ability to cover in space. And I think that's something that certainly, you know, if the Packers let Camille Martin do, he could do it. On Sunday, I noticed this as I was going back to watch the tape. In the two-minute drill, at the end of the first half, the Packers had one linebacker on the field when the Lions were trying to score, and that was Chris Barnes, not Christian Kirksey. And there were stretches to open the third quarter where they only had one true linebacker on the field, only one linebacker with a 50s number, and it was Chris Barnes. And at the end of the game, in that dime look that the Packers were playing, Christian Kirksey was the only linebacker on the field. But at the end of the game, Barnes and Kirksey almost perfectly split the snaps. Christian Kirksey had 46 and Barnes had 40. This was a pretty even split. If I'm looking at this team and where they can go, where they are now, Christian Kirksey has not been a big part of this defense. And I understand they paid him to come in because he's a veteran presence and they paid him to be the signal caller of this defense and to get everyone lined up in the right positions. Here's the deal. He hasn't done that. He hasn't consistently been in the right places. He hasn't consistently made sure the Packers have been lined up correctly. He has not consistently played his responsibilities on this team effectively. Even if he's in the right place, he has not made the tackle consistently enough when he has been in a position to do so. He has just not been down to down as consistent a player as you would want there. Chris Barnes in some limited snaps, but he's also had some extended snaps with Christian Kirksey being hurt, has played better. There's just no other way to look at it. He's been better. He's been more impactful. He's been more consistent. He's shown more athleticism, getting from point A to point B and finishing with force. And that part of it has been Kamal Martin's specialty. Finishing with force. This guy plays with thunder in his shoulder pads. He will come downhill and let you know he's in the building that day. He came on a blitz, a free rusher in Matthew Stafford's face, and he laid out nine in blue and forced an overthrow. Stafford had to get rid of the ball. Camille Martin pressure that forced that overthrow because he has the athleticism to close down a quarterback space and make him uncomfortable. Too often this season, Christian Kirksey has looked like he is running in cement. And the reality is when the Packers signed him, they were banking on him getting back to a pre-injury form. They were banking on him being the guy that we saw, you know, maybe two years ago and some of the athletic traits that he possessed in those meetings. And, and athleticism is not everything at the linebacker position instincts and, and intelligence is paramount. You have to know where you're going. And someone like Chris Borland, you know, r- runs four seven. He didn't get to the ball carrier fastest because he was the fastest guy. It's because he knew where the ball carrier was going in some cases before the ball carrier even knew. And that's what made him a special kind of player. We aren't seeing that guy. We aren't seeing the guy who makes up for his athletic deficiencies with intelligence. We aren't seeing the guy who makes up for his athletic deficiencies with quality tackling when he's in position to make plays. We aren't seeing the guy who's the field general out there making sure everyone is lined up in the proper gaps so that they don't break contain or they don't break an inside run when really you should have had a linebacker or a defensive lineman in a specific gap. That's not what we've seen from this defense. You have two young players who are the future of this organization. And a team that's competing for a Super Bowl is not always in a position to say, Hey, young guys, go take us home. Go get us there. Because you're more likely to get consistent play from the veteran. Well, the Packers aren't getting the consistent play from the veteran. So, what do they have to lose by saying, Kamel Martin, Chris Barnes, you're our dudes? You're going to be our dudes moving forward. So why don't you go be our dudes for the rest of the season? And Christian Kirksey is a vet. He is getting paid. And so he is going to be a good teammate. He's going to be a good practice player. We, we signed him because he has high character. And so he's not going to be a problem in our locker room. If he's not playing consistent snaps, it's not like Martin and Barnes are core special teams players and not being able to put them you know, out there jeopardizes or putting them out there jeopardizes, you know, their availability on special teams. And now Christian Kirksey's got to play special teams. None of that's fine. Oren Burks is going to play special teams. You've got your running backs, your tight ends, your other guys, your safeties. They're going to be able to go out there and give you the reps that you need on special teams. And oh, by the way, who cares? It's special teams. You can get someone to go out and give you those snaps if you really, really need it. Kirksey has just not been good enough. And if you don't believe me, ask Tom Silverstein because he is not someone who traffics in hot takes. Plenty of people out there do spoon doesn't. And so for him to say, Hey, this veteran player needs to be benched. I mean, that's basically what the column was. He doesn't do that lightly. He did the reporting on it. He talked to scouts, and and people who watch the tape for a living, and they said, "Look, he's just you no, know, just not very good. He's just not just not a good player." And and the unfortunate reality is he's not. And so whether he's going to be the the base Mike linebacker or he's going to be, you know, uh uh the hybrid guy or whatever, he just hasn't been good enough. And so if you're going to have a linebacker out there who's going to play 80% of snaps, you're going to have someone who's going to be a true linebacker who's out there all the time in nickel and dime and base, et cetera, et cetera. We are to the point now where the Packers can no longer, based on the play on the field, justify it being Christian Kirksey. He's not being paid so much money that it would be prohibitive to bench him. And maybe this is just week one of phasing him out. Oh, all of a sudden, Chris Barnes... He's getting all these snaps. Hey, guess what? This week, uh, Christian Kirksey only got 20 snaps and Barnes got 60. And and that's, you know, hey, isn't that a thing? And then all of a sudden, oh, well, Camille Martin got 20 snaps and Christian Kirksey was a healthy scratch or whatever it is. You don't have to make him inactive because, you know, it's nice to have a veteran player at a, at a key position in a given game. But the young players have earned these reps. They've earned these reps, and it just no longer makes sense to prevent them from from playing relative to what their play on the field says they should be doing. These guys should be out there, and unfortunately for Kirksey, this is just the reality. He is not playing well enough. The other guys are playing better, and so those guys deserve a chance to play. And you deserve a chance to make it through your day without hitting a wall, without feeling that crash, without feeling tired, without having to pound eight cups of coffee to feel like, you know, you can make it through your day. That's what Built Go is here to provide. Built Go is a one and a half ounce package of energy. It is easy to take. It's delicious because it comes from the same people who brought you the most delicious protein bar ever made, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, Built Bar. And this is like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster, but with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors, and you know they're delicious because it comes from the makers of Built Bar. They combine collagen protein, with other vitamins and nutrients, plus that kick of caffeine to give you what you need. Go to buildgo.com and use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED to get 20% off at buildgo.com.
0: Let's go. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store it's another crossover week 15 locked on
1: packers locked on panthers here with bill Rossetti from locked on panthers And this has been uh, an interesting season for Carolina, Bill, because there is a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Uh, the defensive talent, is coming along guys like jeremy chin and um is it is a legitimate defensive player of the year uh, type or defensive rookie of the year type season right now so where does this team stand right now do you, are you are you satisfied with where they are because they're going to have another top 10 pick and we didn't think they were going to be that good this year so how do you grade what you've seen so far from them yeah they're, they're pretty
2: much on par i think with where we kind of expected them you know they had that Nice little start over the first couple weeks. Uh, started 0-2, but then rallied off three straight wins. Sitting at 3-2, you're thinking, okay, maybe this team has a little bit of something. And then, I guess, reality started setting in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, th- th- They had a bunch of games where they were either tied at, at the half or leading at the half by a couple of points. Games like uh, the second Buccaneers game, even against the Chiefs, they had to lead at the half. Couldn't hold on to it. Uh, second half, for the most part, has been kind of their downfall. So this is a team that's still kind of learning how to win games. But you could see the base there with a lot of the the young talent that they have. So I still think this is a team that's trending upward. But, yeah, all in all, this is about where we thought the, uh, the Panthers were going to be. So, you know, it's... Uh, I guess it's about an average grade. Can't really say, you know, they're they've been sp- <laughs> spectacular, I guess, but like I guess I'm not i I'm not gonna say they failed because we knew it was gonna be a, a rough start, but they're definitely buying into what
1: Matt Rule is is doing. So it's it's exciting for sure. It it does seem that way, that that this is a team that you know, the Matt was saying some some interesting things. I don't some things that I was sort of raising my eyebrows about when when he first got to town. But this has been an offense that can score. Um, they've got great skill guys with Robbie Anderson coming in. We know Curtis Samuel, and, and then of course you know DJ Moore is becoming a legitimate uh, star player in this league. And and the only reason that I think he is not uh, more Uh, you know, well-known is because Carolina just hasn't been that good since he's been around offensively. Teddy Bridgewater is who we thought he was. Mm -hmm. He's not going to, he's not going to win you games, but he's also not going to lose you games. What do you see from this offense right now?
2: I think that's a perfect description, Peter. You know, Teddy's done a nice job of hanging on to the football. You know, they're they're really not turning the ball over, and that's been one of the keys to Carolina, I guess, being c- competitive in a lot of these games. Teddy is, you know, I, I don't want to give him just the straight-on game manager label, but I would say it's just a, maybe a little bit more than that, if, if you know what I mean, but. You know, he is completing over 70% of his passes. A lot of it is kind of short stuff. I think it's just mostly just trying to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, right? They're getting the ball into DJ Moore, getting the ball to Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, you know, whatever the case may be. And just letting them, I think, do the bulk of the work, trying to take a lot of the pressure off of Teddy Bridgewater. So, yeah, I I think how you put it is perfectly. He's not going to wow you a lot but he's not going to completely crumble. He's not going to really cost you anything. So he's been kind of the the nice bridge quarterback, I, I guess we'll say. He's filled in the gap nicely between Cam Newton and then ultimately whoever they end up uh, replacing him with in probably
1: you know about two years, maybe if not sooner. That was what I was going to ask you because as I as I look at this team, I go. You know, they, got, they got some really nice pieces offensively. And and the defense, I think, has some some pieces. Brian Burns has, has played really well this year. Don't tell Packer fans. Um, Jeremy Chan, as I mentioned, is playing really well. I think Derek Brown is a nice interior defender, although I felt like they, they overpaid in terms of draft capital for him. Why not take a shot on a quarterback in the draft? Why not? If they're going to get a top-10 pick, and they could get someone like Trey Lance who might need a year or two to sit anyway. Why not do that? Why not? Why not try and hit that upside? Because this is a team with plenty of skill players and they've got guys like Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. Those guys are under contract. They can afford to wait a season or two. I, I totally agree. And I, and I think
2: that's going to be one of the more likely scenarios. You know, it's, it's not a guarantee obviously, but it's a perfect position. Like you said, because, They they have the time, right? You know, Teddy Bridgewater, he'd signed a three year contract, but really, in essence, it's only a two year contract. They can get out of that contract very easily after twenty twenty one. And so you bring in one of these guys, like you mentioned, Trey Lance or uh, Zach Wilson, or even somehow if uh, Justin Fields falls to them, if, say, the Jaguars take a different quarterback other than Fields, whoever the case may be. Carolina is going to be in a good position where that guy can sit for a year behind Teddy Bridgewater, learn from Teddy, learn from Joe Brady and all this and just kind of get himself ready. You know, they they won't be under pressure to throw him out there week one. And, you know, if things go south, then maybe throw him out there, see what he has similar to Miami, you know, eventually – they wanted to see what they have in Tua, and so far it's turned out pretty well. Carolina, and I've seen this connection a lot, and it makes a lot of sense. Carolina could be the new Miami Dolphins, if that makes yeah. sense. So, you know, really excited to see, and but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think quarterback is going to be a uh, a very likely possibility from, especially if they're going to end up sitting in the top six in the draft, which is about where they're probably going to be.
1: So as I look at this team, uh, it, it here's what this game and, and so many games come down to for me. I don't think Carolina can block Green Bay's front, and I don't think the Panthers can get enough pressure on Aaron Rodgers to slow down this passing attack, even with Brian Burns playing at a high level this season. Am I wrong about that? I, I totally agree, Peter. Um, I am very worried <laughs>
2: about the Panthers' offensive line. They have, uh, in recent weeks, not really shown the strong ability to protect Teddy Bridgewater. In fact, Teddy got sacked four times against the Broncos. And, you know, the Broncos obviously have a, a nice front themselves. But, I mean, the way Green Bay just gets after you, I mean, Zadarius Smith obviously is having another fantastic season. He's got to be just salivating watching that that Broncos film. Um, So so I'm a little worried. Um, I I mean, there's a lot of matchups. I think that the Panthers are, uh, are going to lag behind. You mentioned, you know, protecting Teddy Bridgewater, getting after Aaron Rodgers. I'm even going to go out and say, how in the hell are they going to cover Devontae Adams?
1: <laughs> yeah, just And and you're not going out on a limb there, Bill, because no one has been able to cover Devontae Adams all year. And mm-hmm. so if guys like Troy Pride and and Rasul Douglas can't mm-hmm. do it, no one is going to fault them because no one's been able to do it all season. <laughs> I've, I've been saying like on my show and
2: uh, another Pan- or Packers pod I was just on, I said, this is going to be one of those games where the Panthers are really going to wish – that they would have been able to keep James Bradbury. Yep.
1: Who who has been who's been very good this yeah, season. Absolutely. Frankly.
2: He's had a great season for the Giants.
1: If if uh if the Packers were to to call the Panthers and say, listen, we know the offensive line situation for you is not great. Why don't you give us Shaq Thompson and you can take Rick Wagner on his low money deal? What do you say? It's, that's interesting. Uh, that,
2: it'll make you stop and think for a little bit for sure, you know, and I, I know there's some people that uh, weren't even all that thrilled when Shaq Thompson got that contract. Going back to the James Bradbury talk, I've seen people say, hey, why did we give Shaq that money? We could have given it to James Bradbury. And, you know, Jermaine Carter, I, I thought has played pretty well since stepping in for Tyre Whitehead and you know, if the Panthers decide not to go with the quarterback in in the draft, maybe Micah Parsons could be a possibility. Yeah. So that that would that would be an interesting one to think about. I don't think you can uh, immediately shut that down. That's, that's an interesting <laughs> offer. I like that.
1: I just you know just feeling like you know Jeremy Chin is sort of duplicative in terms of their skill set. By the way, I absolutely love Jeremy Chin. We we can't get out of here without talking about Chin because. I, I I loved him pre-draft. I mm-hmm. thought he was the guy on tape that the the draft industrial complex told us that, that Duggar was. I was never that impressed with Kyle Duggar. I thought he was all tools. I thought Chin had real skill to go along with that, those physical traits, and we are seeing it now. What have you liked from Jeremy Chin this season other than – everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I think the better question is what have I not liked about right. Jeremy chin? And the correct answer to that would be nothing <laughs> because I, I'm with you, man. Pre-draft. I was amazed with this kid, you know, getting a chance to see him at the senior bowl and hearing from him at the combine. This, this kid just had it. I mean, he had the size, he had the speed, he had really everything you can ask for from a safety. And I thought, Landing in Carolina was as close to a perfect spot I think for him because you yeah. have a young defense in Carolina that needed a lot of pieces. Chudin really checks a lot of those boxes. They could play him deep at safety. You know, technically he's, a, I guess he's considered you know an outside linebacker, but really he's more kind of in that Teron Matthew mold, that linebacker slash safe safety hybrid, right? So. This was perfect for him. So for them to go up, you know, and the, I, they could also think the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> you know, yeah, he, that, that would have been a perfect
1: spot for him, too. But, um, you know, we all know what happened there. So. All right. I want to thank Billy again for joining the show. Always great to talk to him. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching.
3: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: All right, we're going to be back tomorrow live on Periscope. 5.30 Central Time. Catch us there. Otherwise, catch us in your news feed after that. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. The game is Saturday night. We'll have an injury report today, a final injury report. And uh, it doesn't seem like any surprises are coming. Jay Sternberger doesn't look like he's going to play with a concussion. Otherwise, Pretty healthy team heading into this game, which just means the Packers ought to, ought to win in convincing fashion. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers.